In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So we've had uh, we've had a break um, for a f- couple weeks uh, about um, from our series about the Ten Commandments. Um, does anyone like to remind us of what the Ten Commandments are that we've covered so far? Okay, you shall have no other gods before me. This is the first commandment. We have to go in order. (laughs) The second one is similar to the first one. Do not make carved images. Okay, good. Third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Okay, fourth commandment. Sabbath day holy. Right? So those are the four related to our relationship with God. Okay? And then the next six. Honor your father and mother. Yes. And then? No. That's the last one. No. You shall not murder. You shall not murder. Okay? You shall not commit adultery. Okay, you shall not steal. That's the one we're on now, this Eighth Commandment. Okay, don't worry, sometimes I have to remind myself too. <coughs> you shall not steal. Okay, so we can, when, when we think of stealing, a lot of times what we think of is like taking an item that doesn't belong to us, right? Like somebody robbing a bank is stealing, you know, or... Something is that you want is somewhere it's not being guarded. People don't see you, you know, and you just you take it for yourself. That's the typical kind of stealing that we think of. But there's actually a lot of different types of stealing. Maybe some of them more subtle than this that maybe we're not thinking about. So we try to talk a little bit about that. So theft is taking of that which belongs to another person without consent or permission. Okay. Theft can be done in secret without knowledge of the person who is being robbed, such as embezzlement. Um, Or it can be done in plain sight, like armed robbery is also stealing, right, which incorporates a type of violence as well. Theft not only includes stealing something, but also includes damage. So, for instance, if I damage what belongs to another person, right, then this is could be considered stealing because I am depriving that person of its use. So even though I haven't taken it myself, but it's a kind of disrespect of the property of another person, which is a type of stealing. A person who damages the property of another is causing them to lose their property. This also includes the damage to public property not owned by any specific person. There is uh, maybe a different feeling that people have when it comes to stealing from the government compared to stealing from an individual, and especially if you know the individual, right? So maybe the hardest person to steal from is a friend that you know personally easier to steal from a stranger that you don't know personally easier still to steal from the government who you think deserves to be stolen from right and 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 maybe people have the mindset that well the government treats us unfairly the government doesn't treat us the way we should be treated doesn't give us the things that we need so it's the least 
that that we can do to kind of get some of our rights is to steal from the government and maybe we don't even consider it stealing we consider it cleverness you know we consider it like well i can interpret things a certain way for my advantage uh when i do my taxes you know the the, te- the tax law in america is just like asking for people to steal um because it's so vague and complicated right and people want to uh interpret things a certain way so that they can maximize for themselves you know how much money they get back from the government and it's easy for people to do this because you feel like there's no victim right feels like there isn't really anyone you're stealing from you're you're kind of just stealing from this infinite pot of of money that you know has no limit so people don't feel as convicted but one thing i want to mention here and it's true for all the commandments not just for this one is that the commandments even the commandments that are regulating the relationship between people like those last six commandments those sins are sins against god they are not sins against people right they're sins against god meaning the person who steals yes obviously you are harming the person you're stealing from but the the sin is a sin before god even though it is an action that i'm doing toward another person so whether it is stealing from someone i know well a stranger government some kind of like and, and whether people know it or not whether anyone is harmed of it by, of it by not or not that's not really the point here the point here is that god has asked us to live by certain standards and those standards are for our good and societal good as well you know if you think about all of the the laws in our civilization that are based on the 10 commandments you know obviously it's not listed exactly this way but all of the things that the 10 commandments those last six commandments um are 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 encoded in our system of laws right like stealing is is a crime right and and it's a crime because it harms the society as a whole it could harm harm individual people it could harm society as a whole if everybody stole what they wanted then there would be chaos and anarchy right you couldn't have a society right in that way so um that's one thing to keep in mind is you you don't have to steal from a person for it to be stealing um and and it's and it's a sin against god it's not just a sin against an individual theft is a form of disrespect so theft is disrespect for other people's rights and property when i disrespect the rights or the property of other person i'm willing to encroach upon it i'm willing to take something for myself with disregard to those people it also denotes a sense of entitlement making the thief to believe that he has the right to obtain for himself whatever makes his life better or easier and this is something intrinsic in the sin of theft is because in order to steal we are placing ourselves and our needs higher than the needs of the other right we are saying i deserve this thing more than the other or it is right for me to have this maybe we say well that person there's very wealthy so they're not going to they're not going to you know be very harmed if they lose this thing but me i'm poor i uh, i don't have this it's not going to be barely uh, harming them in any way i can take this for myself we make excuses you know people make excuses to justify theft to justify stealing a person might covet that which belongs to another person but sh- stop short of stealing it so you know the the 10th commandment is related to coveting so you might covet it but not steal it okay but a thief covets and then takes for himself the object of his desire because he places his own desires above those of the person he is stealing from so a person who who's a thief is not very um empathetic 
meaning they don't they don't place themselves in the position of the other person. Nobody wants to be stolen from. You know, if someone comes to steal from me, regardless, um, we're 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 not going to approve of it. We're going to defend our things. We're going to protect against it. And if somebody steals from me, maybe I'll go after them and be like, "Why did you steal this from me? Give it back to me!" Right? No one is going to think that it's okay for others to steal from us. So when we are in the place of like considering to steal some in some way from someone else, then we have to think, like, what you know, why is it that I would do this, but I wouldn't approve someone else to do it to me? Also, theft can be an addiction. You know, some some people they steal out of need, like they feel like they need something that they don't have. Some people steal just out of a desire to have something that they don't need, like you know, like a person who who steals uh music a person who steals like something non-essential right in life it's it's a it's a convenience i wish that i had i like to have this um I, and i don't want to pay for it a lot of times theft is not based on like not being able to afford you know maybe in some cases someone wants something they can't afford but many times someone steals not because they can't afford but simply because they would rather save the money they would rather save the money spend it for something else and again it's a kind of cleverness if i can if i can get something without having to spend any money for it then that's considered like the pinnacle of cleverness and i get away with it right some people would consider that to be like the best possible outcome but theft can also be an addiction where people steal out of like this addictive habit that they can't change or control and it's called kleptomania it's a mental health disorder that involves repeatedly being unable to resist urges to steal items that you generally don't really need. Often the items stolen have little value and you could afford to buy them. Sometimes people steal for thrill just to see if they can. You know, like hackers. What is the, you know, there are hackers that, that get money. Like they, they hold your data hostage, like ransomware, in order to get money. But there are a lot of hackers even before all the whole ransomware thing started, where they hack just to see if they can, right? Like they want to intrude and to attack some computer system, some server, do something. Not not for any personal reason, not because they have something against that company or that person, not, not because they're going to personally benefit anything, but to them it's a game. They are testing their skills, right? They are harming other people just to see if they are able to successfully do it, right? This is also types of theft that could also be addiction. Theft was considered to be sin, as we mentioned earlier, almost all of the Ten Commandments, before they were encoded as the Ten Commandments, the laws were known and understood. Meaning, it's not just that when the Ten Commandments came to Moses, that suddenly everyone understood and realized that theft is bad. No, God doesn't want us to, to steal. No, they knew that from before. But God is making it very clear, writing in the Ten Commandments. When Laban went up to Jacob, Laban is the father-in-law of Jacob, um, and he accused him. He's saying, why did you steal my God? So he had these idols and Jacob's wife, uh, Rachel, who was the daughter of Laban. Okay, She, when, when Jacob and Rachel were leaving Laban's house, she went and stole these idols that Laban had. So Laban is trying to figure out what happened to his idols. And he, and he accuses Jacob. Jacob didn't know that Rachel did this. So he goes to Jacob. He says, why did you steal my gods? And Jacob defended himself because he recognized that theft was a sin. In Genesis 31, it says, With whomever you find your gods, do not let him live. Meaning, punish the person who stole them. Meaning, it was understood that theft is wrong. Even though there was no commandment that said that. It was intrinsically understood by people. 
that theft was a sin. He condemned the thief to death. The same condemnation may also be found in the story of Joseph and his brothers. When the brothers were accused of stealing the cup of Joseph, they became very upset and answered, Far be it from us that your servants should do such a thing. With whomever your servants, your servants it is found, let him die. Right? So this is the moral conscience, that God places his commandments in our hearts, that we understand there is something called morally good and morally evil without ever being explicitly told. People just understand right, that there are certain things that are good. Murder is bad. Doesn't ha there's ha doesn't have to be a written commandment to say murder is bad. Children very from a very young age understand that violence is bad, that stealing is bad, that like, doing certain actions is bad. Without even, even children that don't even know how to talk, right, would understand certain things, right? It's, it's, a, moral, it's a moral conscience. Types of thefts, okay? One is stealing from God. In Malachi 3.8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? And then the response is, In tithes and offerings. Meaning, God is calling us to give of what we have been given. Right? The person who recognizes that everything we receive, we are receiving it from God. And then God is calling us to give of the things that we receive 10% of it back to Him. So, that 10%, really, the 100% is not ours. It's not like we earned it of ourselves. It is a gift that God is giving us to use. And he says, of the 100%, instead of using it all for yourself, keep 10% and give it back to me. And so you can understand that the act of tithing, it's not necessary because God needs it, because God could have just given us less to begin with and kept the 10% and done whatever he wanted with it. It's that he wants to use us as the means of blessing for other people. And he wants us to learn to be detached from money, that we are able to give it up, that we don't have to hold on to it so tight, unable to give it up. So this is how God considered those people who are not tithing. He called them to be robbers. You know, they are robbing. And the people are asking him, how have we robbed you? Like, in their mind, they're thinking, like I said at the beginning, like robbery, and and theft is like going into a room and stealing something, going to a bank and stealing money. That's robbery. That's theft. What we think of a theft. Someone sneaking into a house at night and taking something valuable without being seen. You know, maybe when we think of theft that way, we think to ourselves, "Yeah, I would never do that." You know, but here, what is God is saying is, no. There's other types of theft, right? Simply not paying the tithes is theft. Also, in all the things that God has called us to do as His children. When we don't do them, it is a kind of theft, right? So if God is calling us to keep the Sabbath day holy, right? This is one of the commandments. So when we don't do that, what are we doing? It's a theft, right? We are stealing from God what is rightfully his. This day is his day. It's the day of the Lord. When we don't keep the day of the Lord, we are stealing from him, okay? In prayers and fastings and whatever service and whatever God is calling us to do, he is our master. He is the one to command us when we disobey him it is like we are stealing from him we are we are not giving him what it is that he deserves another one is stealing from work okay again stealing from work one way is stealing time you know sometimes many times maybe we are not faithful with the way that we use our time at work and especially with now everybody who's working remotely right it's very hard to even dis d define what is work and what is not work um what am I giving to work? Am I, am I giving to work what they expect of me? 
what they want me to give or am I using these this time for my own things when when I'm staying home and working from home and nobody is aware of what I'm doing it's very easy for me to do errands it's very easy for me to do my own personal stuff and I don't get in trouble and maybe even in the end it's not like I'm failing to work it's not like I'm not getting my work done but the question is is what am I being paid for am I getting paid for eight hours of work a day maybe Maybe that's what my boss would expect of me is to work eight hours a day. If you go to your boss and you ask him, how many hours do you want me to work a day? If he tells you work four hours a day, okay, work four hours a day. Lucky you, right? But if he tells you, no, I expect you to work eight hours a day, well, then I have to work eight hours a day. What if I can't find things to do? I don't know, invent something to do. Um, but this is very tempting, right? It's very tempting. Uh, but even people who work in the office, you can find reasons or ways to avoid really working you can just go hang out with people have conversations go drink coffee many times you know check your personal email like play a game do all kinds of things right and and, and time passes right yeah i'm still getting work done but maybe i could have gotten a lot more work done right if i was faithful with the full time and so this is also stealing why is it stealing because you're getting paid money for this like this isn't just like like people are paying you money in exchange for your service. So if you are not doing the service, but you are taking the money, then it's a kind of theft, okay? Another type of stealing from work is stealing supplies from work. Because we know that at work, they have nice paper clips and staples and paper and uh, all kinds of things, right? And maybe sometimes like, well, I, I like some of that paper, you know, like no one's gonna know if I take some of this really nice thick paper, you know, home, so I can use it at home with my printer, right? No one's gonna know. Look at those nice shiny staples. Wow, that's like really nice. So, <laughs> so sometimes people are very uh, liberal with how they are going to take some of the supplies from work and, and use it for their own personal things. Or maybe, you know what, I need to print out some stuff for myself, like personal stuff. I'm just gonna go to work and print it. Now again, sometimes you know you talk to or you talk to your boss and he says okay if i print out something personally they'll say yeah okay fine that's not that's fine but sometimes we take it to an extreme and sometimes we do it without permission and and sometimes we do things knowing that it's wrong but but we just we do it anyway right um absences um you know like calling in sick when maybe we really didn't need to call in sick um you know not coming to work at all right uh, this is also an, uh, stealing from work, you know, depending on like the policy of the company. Some some companies, like if you take sick days, it's like part of your PTO and you have limited time, okay? But some of them, however many sick days you're going to take, if you say that I'm sick, well, what if you're not sick? You know, what if you just want a day off and you don't want it to count from, from your vacation? Using business resources for personal reasons, right? So all of these things are under this category and we can th we should think of it as a kind of theft, right? Stealing. Maybe, again, it doesn't come to my mind very very obviously that this is theft, right? But, again, I'm being paid to do something, and if I'm not doing it, and ins instead I'm actually taking of the resources of this company, it's one of those things, as I said, it's easy to steal from an organization because who is the victim? There is no individual person that's a victim. There's no person who I'm personally harming by doing this, right? But, actually, I, I'm harming the whole organization. I'm harming all of us, right? Like everyone is being harmed because the company is is supporting all these people. Same thing with the government. You know, like when you when you when you cheat on your taxes, who is being harmed? All the taxpayers are being harmed, 
right? And maybe when one person does it, the effect is minimal. But when everyone has that mindset of everyone is going to try to cheat on their taxes, well, what's going to end up happening? Well, the government's going to have to raise their tax rate because they don't have the money. And again, it's easy to it's easy to to beat up on the government because we don't agree with what they're doing. We don't agree how they manage the money. We don't agree with that. It's easy to think that way. But in the end, our obligation before God is to submit to the authority. It's not to critique uh, whether we agree with how they spend money or not. Another type of stealing is cheating and plagiarism, which is about taking someone else's work and presenting it as your own, right? This is a type of theft. So if if I am supposed to, to take a test, so this question actually comes up a lot when people ask me this question. It's like, okay, I'm in this class in school, and, you know, the class, there's all of these old tests that are floating around the Internet or other people have them. Um, can I use the old tests to study for the test? Is this considered cheating or not? Well, so the question is, is well, if you ask the professor, what would they say? Would they say, yes, you're allowed to use the old tests? Or would they say, no? So go ask. Like the, the, the idea that we, what we really w we want it to not be cheating because we want to use the old tests because it's going to help us. And so we try to find reasons maybe. And many, many people have asked me actually this exact question. You know, so um, the idea of cheating is like again. I I think it's it's a victimless crime. Actually, I'm harm I'm harming myself, but I feel like it's a victimless crime because I'm taking something else and presenting it as my own. I really don't know the answer, but I find the answer in some other way. I remember when I was in graduate school, I took this like very difficult class, this graduate level quantum mechanics class which claimed that it didn't have any prerequisites. And that was a lie. Um, and so the, it, was, it, it, was, it was the hardest class I ever took. I didn't understand literally a single thing in the entire class, the entire semester. And then when it came time for the final exam, so the university, they had a policy where you take all of the tests at home. You're not, you're not allowed to take any proctored exams. So you take the test on your own, wherever you want, okay? And then this test, Part of it was open book. Open book meaning you could use the internet, you could use anything you want, and part of it was closed. So you're at home, you know, I took the test in my kitchen. And part of the test, I could use the resources, and part of it I couldn't. And how easy is it for, for me to be like, well, I'm going to just use it for the whole thing. Like, who's going to know? I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. Like, how many people are actually going to follow this? I don't know. Like, like, so you take the first half of the test, and you struggle with it. And then in the second half, you now have access to the book. You look in the book, you realize that the stuff you did in the first half was wrong. But you can't change it, right? It was really a test of faithfulness, right? Because how easy is it for anyone, any one of us to cheat, right, in a situation like that? So again, who is getting hurt? You know, people might say, no one. No one is getting hurt. I'm just helping myself. And actually, maybe we'll even have the thought that, well, I'm sure everyone else is going to do this. So if I don't do it, then I'm actually at a disadvantage. You know, like if everybody else is cheating and nobody even knows that they're cheating and I'm the only one who comes and says, no, I'm not going to cheat. Right. Then maybe I will get a lower grade than everyone else and I will suffer because I did the right thing. And again, this is the question of like, who is it that we're trying to please? Am I, am, I, am I trying to just you know, do what's practical in terms of like what everyone is doing or am I doing something in the eyes of God that is considered righteous and, and good? 
plagiarism as well. You know, trying to find something and just copying it and making it like my own. Of course, we can add to this chat GPT. Uh, <laughs> motives for stealing, okay? Lust, greed, love of money, possessiveness, the desire to have, you know, to, to have something. Um, the desire, like maybe comparing myself with other people. Um, like we said, maybe I can even afford something, but I, I, I just don't want to pay for it, right? This is also part of the love of money. Also associated with this is a lack of love for others. Disrespect for their rights, injustice, cruelty, mercilessness are all reasons and motives for stealing. So it needs both together. There has to be a love and a desire for, for the like the possession, the material thing, while at the same time there is a lack of love for those people who have it. Right, a lack of love for the people who I'm going to steal from, because again, there is someone who is going to be harmed, whether it's an individual or a group or whoever. There is always someone harmed from stealing, right? And so both those things have to come together. Because if I had a great desire and I coveted something, but I had respect for the person who has, I said, no, I'm not going to take it from them. Maybe yes, I'm coveting it. Maybe I'm desiring it, but I'm not going to take it, right? So, so it, it, it needs both things present at the same time for someone to take this action to steal. Um, other motives, poverty, right? Someone who is genuinely poor, who maybe even is in need, right? Um, indigence, destitution may also lead to stealing. Stealing may be a sickness, a habit, or even a pleasure. Stealing is even glorified. You know, there are a lot of pretty good movies, um, where the, the main characters of the movies are thieves. And they, they're portrayed as being like, have very good attitudes, very nice people, even victims of other thieves, you know? Um, and so you, you, you emotionally connect with these people when you really think about it, you realize like the whole movie was just about them stealing something and you're rooting them on to steal. Like that's how it's portrayed, right, in the movie. So stealing is glorified. The idea that stealing from a bad guy is seen as good, you know? Whereas it has nothing to do with whether the person that you're stealing from is good or bad. Stealing is a sin, regardless of who you're stealing from. In Proverbs 9.17, it says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Meaning there is a taboo, there's, so there's something enticing about doing something that is, that is secret, that is stolen. Theft, when committed by the rich who are not in need, may be a form of sickness or an insatiable greed, destitution, and love of money. In Ecclesiastes, King Solomon, he says, all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Meaning, no matter how much you obtain for yourself, you will never be satisfied. The more you, you obtain, the more you collect, the more you amass, the more wealth and money that you have, thinking that at some point you will be satisfied with it, King Solomon is saying, no, you'll never be satisfied. No matter how much you obtain, you will never be satisfied. Theft may also be a form of vindictiveness that the poor have against the rich, meaning if the poor consider that the rich are oppressive, that the system is, is what is making them poor, and that the rich are evil, then they may actually consider theft is in their right in order to uh, balance the scales, in order to get the rights for themselves, you know, like Robin Hood, okay? stealing from the rich to give to the poor. However, the theft committed by the poor cannot be justified by their need. Right? So even a person who is in need, that doesn't justify theft. In Proverbs 6, it says, People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. 
Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Meaning, we can understand the motivation behind a person who is, who is, who is starving, who, who wants to steal. And maybe if someone were to steal when they're in that state, maybe we would have mercy on them. That doesn't mean that what they did was justified, but we maybe would have mercy on them. But here it's saying, even this person, like people don't despise that person for stealing to sustain himself, but even that person is yet still subject to the law, right? So, so again, the, the commandments of God like are clear. There is no justification for stealing, no matter who you are. What is the treatment for, 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 for this? The first is contentment. Meaning if I'm content with what I have, then I will not look to steal because I'm not trying to obtain for myself something that I don't have. Maybe, yes, I would like to have something more than what I have, but being content means even if what I have remains as it is, I'm thankful, I'm grateful that you know for what I have and I don't feel like I'm lacking of anything, right? Faith in God to provide for one's needs meaning even those people who are poor you know in the scriptures when when these poor people they cry out to God and they ask him to supply their need God supplies their need like when Christ he says like like do not worry about tomorrow like like he's saying if God is the one who feeds the birds and he provides for them the food that they need how much more will God provide for you so he's saying to those people who who are in need he's saying don't worry about it don't worry God I will provide for you in due time don't worry about it. don't take things into your own hands and say I must I feel justified that I must steal in order to sustain myself when actually the answer is to turn to God and, and he will provide another treatment is sowing in ourselves love for other people because if I truly love another I cannot steal from them this would be harming them avoiding a luxurious life being content involves what being content with the, the level of, of lifestyle that I'm currently in you know, we, we see images of what other people have. We see people that have very luxurious cars and houses and all kinds of things. And there is a drive, especially in America, to obtain these things and to show that we have success and to be successful means that we have obtained these things. But of course, this is consumerism. This is, this is just the, the, the idea that is propagated by those people that want you to give them your money that are telling you that unless you obtain and have these things then you are not good enough right so in us it it, it sows within us this lack of contentment and always desiring more right and no matter what you obtain you're always going to want more because you're always going to be pushed to get more and more so such a person is more likely to steal even though they already have so much why is it that we see people who are billionaires you know commit embezzlement Ponzi schemes and all these things that you read about on the news. They're already billionaires. Like, why do they need more? Like, like those people, you would imagine, those people would be the last people to steal. Like, they should be happy and content with their life and what they have, but it's opposite. Because they are so desiring for a certain lifestyle, even though they have the lifestyle, at this point it becomes just like this, you know, like, like, like this, this, this insatiable desire to obtain even when the money you have is already obtaining for you the highest possible lifestyle, right? It's, it shows it's a sickness, right? It's a, it's a kind of sickness. Also, treatment is repentance and restoration of what was stolen. Like Zacchaeus, for instance. Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, when he repented, he said, not only am I repenting, but I'm restoring. Because part of, re part of repentance is to try to fix 
what it is that I was doing. Sometimes there's no fix. Like some, sometimes certain, depending on the sin, there's not anything I can do to, to necessarily fix it other than to just ask for God's forgiveness and try my best not to do it again. Okay, But some things, like when it comes to theft, I'm able to actually restore back to the person. And in the case of Zacchaeus, he said, I will restore fourfold. He will restore four times what is it that he stole to the people. So this was truly an act of repentance because it hurt for him to do that. Like it was a real sacrifice that he made to do that. It wasn't just, yeah, I'm sorry, Jesus, for what I did, and that was it. No, I'm going to give back, and even if that means that I am affected by it, like my, my finances are affected. A very interesting verse in Proverbs 30 says, Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you, and I say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. What is this saying? is saying it's best to be in the middle, right? He's asking God here, it's like, I don't want to be poor, which will lead me to, to steal, which would lead me to be tempted to steal to get for myself. He's asking God, he says, I don't want to be poor. But then he says what? I also don't want to be rich, right? Lest I be full and deny you, right? When, when, when Christ said that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and that those people who desire riches fall into a snare. That money is a very tempting thing. And that those who desire money, even though money in itself is not sin, but for many of us, obtaining money will be a source of calamity, will be a source of fall for us. If you look at what happens to people who win the lottery, their lives tend to be pretty miserable. Um, so he's saying, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. I mean, give me in moderation. Give me what I need. Satisfy my needs. Don't let me to live a life in need where I'm begging or that I don't have my needs. But at the same time, don't let me be so overflowing with fullness that I deny you, that I just feel self-sufficient by myself and, and do not feel like I am in the need of, of God in any way because that is actually even worse than poverty. So this is a very wise saying. Very wise. It is the middle ground. It is saying, I'm happy with what I have been given. I am not seeking more. And I'm asking God to just sustain me with what I have. Any questions or comments before we conclude? Okay. God willing, next time we will um, start on the ninth commandment about not bearing false witness. Okay. We can pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask, O God, that you implant your commandments in our heart, and you help us, O Lord, to live them, and to understand and realize that when we follow your commandments, we are drawing closer to you, and we experience you more and more in our life. Give us strength, O Lord, and help us to see in all the ways that we sin against you. Have mercy on us, and, and accept our repentance. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion of the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.